yeah, so Chase now one game up for our predictions, and we're going to go through our week four predictions right now. It's going to be a hell of a game. It's going to be uh, probably the most entertaining game of the week. I just don't know what to say. You guys are both fucking losers this week. I guess if you're looking at kissing your sister, sure, you're kissing somebody, but you're kissing your fucking sister. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the WNP Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Mitchelson. Joining me today, Chase Crawshaw. Chase, how are you doing? I am doing swell. That's how I start every podcast, so I had to start that way, but I am doing well above swell as the Tampa Bay Lightning won the Stanley Cup. Uh, we do a podcast covering Tampa Bay Lightning, the Bolts broadcast for the Hockey Podcast Network, if you don't already know. So, Mike, I know you and I are very happy we were watching this team for the, really the last year. Uh, we, we knew how talented they were. We thought that they were cup favorites, but we never really fully, truly like felt, believe, or expected them to lift the Stanley Cup this year. But yet, here we are. Exactly. And if you guys want to go listen to our immediate reactions, uh, they will be up on the Bolts broadcast, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, all that. You can just look up Bolts broadcast on any of those platforms. And uh, I think the episode will be coming out on Thursday. So if you are listening to this before Thursday, then uh, you got some listening to do in the next couple of days here. And if you're listening after, you can go there right now and check out our initial reaction. So, yeah, Chase, it is absolutely wild. You and I are having a couple beers because, of course, that's the way to celebrate. Uh, I know you said in our Bulls broadcast initial reaction, you were drinking some blue light. I got some Corona on me. We're going to have a fun night. And, uh, you know. One thing that's not fun is we fucking tied again in our fucking predictions. <laughs> I know. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, I, I don't – if we're picking all the same shit, obviously that would make sense. But I think we had eight different fucking matchups. Eight different we had, fucking – at least six. It was an even yeah. number. It was six or eight. Yeah. So, like, I just don't get it. Um, but anyways, this episode, guys, just to let you know, uh, we're going to be looking back at week three, doing predictions for week four. I'm not sure how long it's going to be. I can promise you it won't be as long as last episode because that one went an hour and a half and we don't want that to happen again, especially because I'm sure we're going to start messing up our words pretty quickly while we're drinking these beers here. So Chase, let's just hop right into some week three recap game one on Thursday night. We saw the Dolphins versus the Jags. This game was was interesting. I think you and I both picked the Jags for this one. However, I thought it was going to be a very close game. It ended up not being a very close game because the Dolphins kind of ran away with it. Fitzmagic was just electric. Yeah, I mean, he was only 18 for 20 for 160 and two touchdowns, but like it, he, was, he was fun to watch. You know, he ran the ball uh, a couple times and ran it pretty well. I ended up getting a touchdown, actually. Averaged five and a half yards per carry just about. So, yeah, he, he was pretty good. Uh, Miles Gaskin. This dude ran the ball 22 damn times. Why Why is Miles Gaskin running the ball when you traded for Matt Breida and signed Jordan Howard? I mean, sure, Miles Gaskin has done a solid job, but 22 times for 66 yards at the three average, that's that's like, it's not good. It's, it's not good at all. Um, you know, he broke off a couple runs early, then was just getting stuffed later on in the game. They were using him on the goal line sometimes. When you have Jordan Howard, who is just a truck of a man, I don't know why you wouldn't use him in a goal line situation. So it was weird play calling, but 
it really didn't matter because it was a game that got away from the Jags. Uh, you know, Cam Robinson got kicked out of this game, so Gardner Minshew is missing his left tackle, arguably the most important piece of his offensive line. Uh, he really had no chance to throw the ball. The guys were getting in his face all game long. Yeah, he made some questionable decisions as well. You know, he he definitely should have looked much better. I thought he was going to look better than he did. But, yeah, you know, 31-13 to 13 was for the Dolphins was not what I was expecting for sure. Yeah, Gardner Minshew struggled a little bit in this one, and I think we are really starting to see the NFL kind of come to their own. Obviously, no preseason games, a shortened training camp, kind of tough to really get a true gauge on these teams within the first couple of weeks. I think people thought that the Dolphins would look better than they started, and of course they did versus the Bills and the Patriots, which is a tough ask, but uh, I think this Dolphins team is going to be pretty competitive. I don't think they're going to be a playoff team, but I think uh, they could be a five to seven win team uh, and be a very competitive team. So we saw that out of them this week against the, the Jaguars, and uh, we'll see what they can do continuing on. Hopefully, we get to see Tua sometime soon because uh, even though I love Fitzmagic, it's time to get the rookie in. I'm excited. Yeah, I want to see Tua play. Obviously, you know, I'm someone who's lower on Tua. Um, I still think like, he could get it done on the NFL level. I, I just have, like, concerns. So I really look forward to seeing him get in there and then get his chance because I, I I would love to be proven wrong, uh, and especially in a moment like that. Like, I don't want to be proven wrong hyping a guy up then he fails because that's just, like, disappointing for everybody. I'd much rather be wrong about a guy where talking him down and then him exceeding my expectations. So I look forward to watching Tua. And one more guy I want to mention from this game, uh, James Robinson. He... Like, I, I obviously, I know I've talk, talked about him in the last episode, but undrafted guy uh, played FCS, but he like, he looks really good. He's clearly the number one, um, like, offensive option for this Jags team. He had 11 attempts for 46 yards, two touchdowns, while also leading the team in receptions and receiving yards, which if anyone would have guessed that coming into the season week three or at any point, nobody would have guessed that. But he's looked great. Um for an undrafted running back, you know, we we kind of saw this with uh, Philip Lindsay a couple years ago. Uh, different types of players, but, you know, a similar type of story. So it, it's it's pretty cool to see. I hope he can continue to have success. Yeah, absolutely. It would be sweet if uh, they bring in a new quarterback this year and James Robinson is going to continue to be the guy because he has looked pretty phenomenal. Chase, let's now take a look at the Sunday games. We'll start off with the 1 o'clock time frame. Uh, I'll run through a couple games quickly that really – weren't very interesting or we kind of expected the results. So uh, Steelers over the Texans, 28 to 21. This was a close game, but the Texans really don't have that much skill because Bill O'Brien gave it all away. Uh, the Steelers just obviously the better team. Uh, then you got the 49ers versus the Giants. This was a blowout, 36 to 9. 49ers have a ton of injuries, but I think this just shows that the Giants definitely aren't where they should be at this moment in time. Then you take a look at the Browns and the Washington football team. A 34-20 victory as the ground game continues to be absolutely dynamite for the Cleveland Browns. And then uh, also the Titans-Vikings. This game was pretty close. However, the Titans did come away with it because uh, the Vikings, they just can't seem to find their feet as they start the year 0-3. Yeah, yeah. Uh I'm going to go back to the Niners real quick. I just want to mention this quick little thing. This is literally the 49ers B squad, and they just pounce on the Giants because the Giants without Saquon Barkley are irrelevant. Uh, you know, I like the team uh, to be a sneaky offense with Saquon in the lineup, but with them out, it takes away, you know, any versatility. So the 49ers absolutely shattered them there. 
but I want to move on to the Vikings Titans like you were just talking about. I like I just don't get it. This Vikings team, like they, I, I know their defense. Um, you know, there's some holes. It's a little little suspect in some areas, but their offense should be good enough, and their defense should be solid enough where this team should not be in the situation. They should not be an 0-3 team. They should not look like absolute shit while they're on the field. Kirk Cousins looks horrible. Just Jefferson, finally, you know, he, he had a big game in week three. That was good to see. Spent a first-round pick on the guy. Wasn't getting much utilization in the first two weeks. But going forward, I'm sure that'll change. Uh, but, yeah, this Vikings team, they, they, they need to figure something out. Uh, Dalvin Cook needs to get going a little more. Kirk Cousins obviously has to be better. And then this defense, they really need to plug up their holes. Absolutely. And uh, it, it's kind of hard to do that for the Vikings because of so much change in that defense. However, you got Mike Zimmer, one of the better defensive minds in the game. I think he's got to get it done quickly or else this season can continue to spiral out of control. Going to the Titans, Ryan Tannehill looked pretty solid throwing for 321 yards. However, he did not put any touchdowns on the board and he threw an interception. Then looking at Derrick Henry, this was a guy that I have been pretty critical of this season. He just hasn't looked great. Uh, His average was better than the last couple of weeks, and he finally found his way to the end zone. That obviously helped the Titans take this one and helped me take my fantasy victory, my first fantasy victory in our Dynasty League, uh, in in Johnny's Dynasty League. So um, finally, he gets something going. It took forever, but uh, he finally did it. You know, talking about fantasy football real quick, uh, you know, I was happy that Tampa won the cup tonight, so I'm going to be super happy about something, because it, it was a rough week for me on uh, fantasy, you know, started the first two weeks, as I mentioned on the show, 5-0 uh, and in each league, so it was 10-0, and went 2-3 and this time around, in your league, your dynasty league, I don't know how the hell this is possible, every single one of my starters underperformed their projected points, every single position, we have nine starters in that league, right? Yeah, yeah, the nine starters and every single one underperformed their projection. I don't know how that happens. That's some shitty luck right there. You know, I didn't have Devontae Adams either, which uh, hurts. But regardless, you know, drop a game. Uh, didn't expect to win them all. But yeah, um, as you mentioned, Derrick Henry finally found the end zone. Found the end zone twice, actually. And his average went up, sure. But he still didn't even really wow me. Like, he usually, um, he'll have a, a run or two that, like, kind of wow you, impress you, where he's trucking guys over, getting quite a few yards. But I don't know. He just looked like he was just kind of doing enough to get it done. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Uh, Chase, I want to now move on to the Raiders-Patriots game. Uh, There's three other games we haven't yet mentioned in the 1 o'clock time frame. And this is because these were all just absolutely brutal games where they had at least one brutal component. And so I want to mention those last. Uh, So we'll first talk about the Patriots and the Raiders. This game uh, looked close at first. The Patriots, though, ran away with it. And that's in the literal sense because their run game was absolutely phenomenal. Rex Burke had great. Sony Michelle finally showed that maybe he has that talent to be a number one back in this league because both of those guys were just absolutely phenomenal on top of Cam Newton just being great like always. Dude, Rex Burke had had two freaking rushing touchdowns as well as 49 yards on six attempts. Like, what the hell is going on in this game? Like, when you look at the Raiders, like, Derek Carr, he, he had a nice game, and especially when you look at the stats, you know, 24 for 32, 261, touched, or two touchdowns, no picks, and watch him. Like, he was throwing the ball, moving around well, but the Patriots, they were just getting it done more. Um, as you mentioned, Sony finally had a good game. Uh, he broke off a couple big runs to help, um, you know, pad those numbers and that average. But the weird thing was, 
the number one like back in terms of touches in this game was JJ Taylor, um, five foot five undrafted running back out of Arizona, Arizona State. One of the two, can't remember right now. So I don't know that that's weird to me. Even with Sony Michelle breaking off those big runs, with Rex Burkhead getting two touchdowns, you go to JJ Taylor, who you only promoted because uh, Damian Harris is on um, the IR. And you promote him from the practice squad, and he was pretty much a special teams guy. But he gets this work. I don't know. It, it's just it's peak Patriots, but it's it always just seems to work for them. I don't get it. It's just so annoying. Yeah, it didn't make sense to me because JJ Taylor, eleven carries, forty three yards, a three point nine average, not terrible. But you had two running backs that were doing it at a much better pace. Uh, he also had a drop in his only target in the game. So uh, I don't really understand why he was utilized that much when you had two other guys just absolutely killing the Raiders. Uh, back to the Raiders. They got to get the run game going. If they can't get Josh Jacobs going, then I don't think this team really has a chance in winning games. Uh, Derek Carr, very consistent, very good uh, ball protector. He is uh, a very... Um, good at managing the game. However, he is not your Patrick Mahomes type that'll put up four or five touchdowns and win you the game just because of him. So that's one problem the Raiders had against this New England defense. They could not get that run game going. And that hurt my heart because I got Josh Jacobs in fantasy. And because he did poorly, I did poorly. But Chase, let's now move on. Let's talk about the Bills Rams first. I think this is the lesser of the three evils. Uh, this game, very close. The Bills had a 28 to 3 lead. They blew that lead, went down 32 to 28. However, on a fourth and nine pass for the Bills to either take the game or to lose the game, there was an invisible pass interference called against the Rams. Uh, I think all of us were watching together. We had, what, five of us, six of us there. We were all wondering where the pass interference was. Oh, 100%. It was a it was a rough call. You got a feel for the Rams in that situation. You know, they played their hearts out. They really worked their asses off to come back in that game. Daryl Henderson had a hell of a game. That's two weeks in a row. Uh, you know, he's kind of looking like, you know, he might be the dude for them. Um, so it was good for the Rams to figure out. But, yeah, you know, Jared Goff, he, he had a pretty solid game. He threw for 321 yards, had two touchdowns and a pick. Um, he looked better than Jared Goff has looked in the last couple seasons. You know, if, if he can continue that type of play, I, he was a guy I really liked coming off of um, you know, his, like, sophomore season. I really thought he had the tools to develop into an elite quarterback. Hasn't really done it. Can he do it at this point? I don't know. Probably not. But I do really want to talk about my boy, Josh Allen. Man, he... Finally goes against a better defense, and he still looked like pretty damn good. 24 for 33, 311 yards, four touchdowns, one interception. So his career high coming into the season for passing yards, if I'm not mistaken, was like 260-something. And every single week, he's gotten above 300 yards and got above 400 once. He, he's looked awesome uh, with as well as his defense. Uh, they've been playing pretty good. You know, Jordan Poyer, he had a bunch of tackles. Um, he's a pretty elite safety in the league. But like, if that defense continues playing well and Josh Allen's playing at this level, this is going to be a hard team to beat. It is if the fourth quarter just gets spread up, like they get rid of the fourth quarter, just because I, I mean, I, talk, I talked about it last last week, how the Bills just seem to collapse. However, they still take the victories. Uh, same happened here. It seemed like uh, this is on Sean McDermott, I think. I don't think it's on Josh Allen. He performed great. But in the in the fourth quarter, I don't know what happened. Like Josh Allen wasn't throwing the ball. He was getting sacked nonstop. He lost a fumble. Uh, 
like, what do they do? Do they change something or do the Rams just uh, change the course at halftime or something and it, it worked out better? I, I don't know. It, it just seems like the team as a whole, including the offense, kind of just loses its touch in the second half. And that's something they're going to need to figure out because when they start to verse elite teams, that's not going to fly. So this Buffalo yeah, that's, team, that's you and I – no, you had the Patriots actually win in the division, didn't you? Yeah, I'm pretty sure I had the Patriots. Um, I think that had them 11-5 in the Bills, 10-6 or so- something like that, or maybe they had the same records, I don't know, but I gave that to the Patriots. Yeah, so, I I mean, you had a lot of hope in the Bills this year. I had, I had them taking the division, um, so... I think they need to figure that out if they really want to be an elite team and contend for a Super Bowl. Uh, right now, they look great. Don't think they're a Super Super Bowl contender yet, um, but they do look great. Chase, let's yeah, now move um, on. Re- okay, re- go ahead. really quick before before you move on though, I, I do want to mention like um because I didn't I, I don't remember if I even said anything. I, I thought about saying something, but I didn't. Um, like you mentioned how it's a Sean McDermott thing, and I I got to agree hundred percent because when you look at the scoring. The Rams had three points going into the half, and then they put up 29 going forward, whereas the Bills consistently scored going uh, like through the game. And, of course, their fourth quarter touchdown was a, like a game-winning touchdown. But like teams need to re- realize, um, not just Sean McDermott, but all teams need to realize the Lions need to do this. Uh, they learned this last year against the Cardinals. Don't change a game plan when it's working. When you change a game plan, if it's working, you're going to struggle. Um, and teams like they'll tend to take a lead and they'll start playing more conservatively. And we're about to, we're going to be talking about a team uh, who that really bit them in the ass yet again. Um, so coaches, they just really need to start realizing that, you know, playing like safe, playing protective. It doesn't work. Safe is death. Yeah, let's talk about them right now, because honestly, fuck the Falcons. I legit said last week, I'm never going to take the Falcons in our predictions again because of what they did against the Dallas Cowboys. But I'm like. It's the Bears. The Bears fucking suck. I'm taking the Falcons anyways. Let's do it. They're up 26 to 10. It's looking great. And they collapse yet again. Just an absolute monstrosity of a team in that second half. Dan Quinn needs to be gone immediately. Adam Gase, it already sounds like he's out, but Dan Quinn's got to be the next guy. We talked about him on the hot seat last week. I think after this game, it's time for him to go. Yeah, I, I can't really disagree. Uh, it's pretty showing that like, it, he's running a shit show. They gave up 20 points in the fucking fourth quarter, dude. Like, the Bears had a freaking sit Mitch Trubisky, put in Nick Foles, who's not much of an upgrade, and stat line doesn't show much of an upgrade either, being uh, under 60%, under 200 yards, three touchdowns and a pick. The three touchdowns were nice, but that's because they were in desperation mode, so that kind of helped them out. But, like, I, I just I don't get how you do this two weeks in a row. I, I just I can't comprehend that a team can be coached that way. I can't comprehend that players can play that way. You know, this Falcons offense, they they scored, tw- you know, they got 26 points this uh, week. Uh, they really weren't like that um, special. They they were missing, of course, um, Julio Jones and then Russell Gage went out in that game. So their receiving options were cut in half, really. So I get, I get where they get have a little bit of struggles, but Matt Ryan did not look good. He threw exactly 50% with a touchdown and a pick. And then the defense just always looks so shitty. Just the second half in the fourth quarter, this defense, it's, it's like playing a bunch of fucking kindergartners. Absolutely. And I'm sure that Bears fans are going to want us to talk about how, oh my gosh, they finally found their quarterback in Nick Foles. Sorry to tell you, Bears fans, but it wasn't Nick Foles that turned that game around. It was Dan Quinn shooting himself in the foot yet again. These 
these Falcons suck. I'm not picking them again. I know I already I already did my predictions. I did not pick them in this upcoming week. Uh, they're going to blow it again. I can just feel it. Uh, but let's now move on to the last 1 o'clock game that we haven't mentioned yet. That consists of the Philadelphia Eagles and my Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, the only thing I really want to say is Zach Taylor and Doug Peterson should be fucking fired. Are you kidding me? It is fucking overtime. And you're going to, instead of trying to take a 59-yard field goal, you're going to fucking punt? That, there, where, I don't understand. There is absolutely no fucking cojones in that man's sack. That was just absolutely ridiculous. Then you look at Zach Taylor, they get the ball with, I don't know, 17 seconds or something. Yeah, that's not enough to go 90 yards to score a touchdown. That doesn't mean you run the ball and burn the clock. Try to make a fucking play. My goodness, this was just terribly coached. Uh, 23-23 tie. A tie isn't a win. A tie is a fucking loss. The fact that they were too afraid to go for it, maybe the Eagles or maybe the uh, the Bengals would have uh, turned that around into a victory if they tried to get a win. That That's just stupid. That is terrible thinking, terrible coaching. I just don't know what to say. You guys are both fucking losers this week. Mike, have you ever kissed your sister? Why would I kiss my sister? All right, so you, you can't speak on that old adage, uh, a tie is like kissing your sister. Yeah, I kind of figured, you know, uh, we're, we're not loving in the South, but you got to make sure. Uh, that old adage, tying is like kissing your sister. Whoever the hell came up with that, you're fucking disgusting. Like, why the hell would you say that? Who the hell kisses their sister? But... At the same time, like, yeah, a, a tie is kind of the worst. Like, you know, I guess if you're looking at kissing your sister, sure, you're kissing somebody, but you're kissing your fucking sister. So looking at a tie, uh, you didn't lose, but you didn't fucking win either. And it's so stupid. Let them play continuous overtimes. Shit, at that point, I don't know. It's probably on a fucking skills competition. The NHL goes to a shootout and do, like, longest kicks or accurate throws or some shit. I don't know. Don't let it be a 23 to 23 game. It's so stupid. It's so boring. No one wants to see a fucking tie. The players don't want to tie. The fans don't want to tie. It's just, it's so dumb. It was absolutely disgusting. And I know, uh, I think it was Joe Burrow or Tyler Boyd talked last week coming into this week that, uh, we're going to see how we can rebound. And if we don't, there's definitely going to be some changes. Well, now's the time. There's got to be changes. Zach Taylor, your job is starting to look like it's on the line. Don't let your coordinators get your ass fired. Fire someone. You got to change something because it's not working. Joe Burrow was sacked eight times, eight fucking times for the first overall pick, the franchise. You just let him get absolutely pummeled. It's disgusting. Change something now or else you'll be out by next season. All right, Chase, let's now move on to the four o'clock games. I want to run through a couple really quickly that I don't really think matter that much. Colts absolutely steamrolled the Jets. Adam Gase has to go. We talked about it last week. Sam Darnold just does not look good under Adam Gase, and neither does the rest of the team. Buccaneers over the Broncos. Kind of expected just because the Broncos are dealing with so many injuries. I think this game would have been awesome if we could have saw Drew Locke, Von Miller, Cortland Sutton, obviously all of those guys out. So 
uh, kind of expected and really tough for the Broncos. Uh, my cousin, he's a big Broncos fan. I really feel for him right now because this really did seem like the year. Maybe the Broncos could put something together, make it back to the playoffs, and uh, injuries have just fucked them. Uh, and then Panthers versus the Chargers. I expected a little bit more out of Herbert in this one, but I love Matt Rule, and I love that they took the victory here. Um, congrats, Matt Rule, your first NFL win. That's, uh, that's a huge accomplishment. So congratulations on that. And Chase, is there anything you want to talk about with either of these three games? Yeah, I'll talk about the Panthers uh, just because it's cool to see Matt Rule get his first win. Anytime a coach gets their first win, uh, you know, tip your hat to him. It's not easy to do in the NFL. Um, this Panthers team, they're a team that I expect to do pretty poorly. Uh, but at the same time, this Chargers team, uh, they're, they're a, te- they're a roster that looks like they're going to have a rough season just because of injuries and shit just not going their way. Uh, it seems like a season from hell when your starting quarterback gets his lung punctured by your own doctor. So, you know, you, you got to feel for Chargers and the Chargers fans. Uh, but still, yeah, it's, it was great to see the Panthers get their first win and see Matt Rule get his first win as a head coach. Absolutely. I love Matt Rule, and I hope to see many, many more wins come under his belt. Maybe a Super Bowl. Who knows? Uh, Panthers versus Bengals. I like the sound of that. All right, Chase. Let's now move on. Uh, We'll talk about the Seahawks Cowboys first, uh, and and then we'll talk about your Lions after that. So Seahawks Cowboys, uh, a good game, 38 to 31. The Seahawks take this one. The Cowboys, even though they dropped to one and two, they yet again look competitive. Uh, They look much better over these last two weeks than they did that first week. I think the Cowboys are pretty much a shoe in now to take the NFC East, which Really isn't saying much because the rest of the teams are 0-3. Oh, no, no, excuse me. The Washington football team does have a win. but yeah, uh, yourself, Mike. But the rest of the teams in that division are absolute garbage. Um, Cowboys, if you can figure out that defense a little bit, you may have a shot. But uh, it, it really feels like a division win and a first-round exit to me. Yeah, you know, they're, they are looking solid. They're looking like they can, uh, you know, like easily win this division. Dak Prescott's throwing the ball a lot still. Um, he's still an average quarterback. Throwing the ball 57 times, only getting three touchdowns is pretty underwhelming. But, I mean, really the story of this day is Cedric Wilson. Five receptions, 107 yards, two touchdowns. Pretty sure he had like 49 receiving yards in his career coming into this game. Uh, and he's just like, yeah, I'm the six foot five monster. I'm going to go ahead and just dominate when you also have Michael Gallup, Amari Cooper and CD lamb. Nah, screw those guys. I'm, I'm, I'm the show. You got Zeke Elliott. No, we don't need him. It's all me. So Cedric Wilson, he just like, he looked pretty solid. I know he kept getting open. Um, uh, and it was like giving the ball in pretty easy to gain yardage situations, but I don't know. Are they going to use him more going forward just because of the stat line? There is a chance. Uh, this is, seems like they're going to be a pretty pass-heavy team going forward the rest of the year. We've seen them throw the ball a lot. They have great receiving options, so you might as well. But if Cedric Wilson really takes away the fantasy value of those other three receivers and that running back, that's going to be so cheeks. I agree. And if we look on the other side, the Seahawks let Russ cook. Uh, it, it's been said all off season and through the first couple of weeks. And he really did that. He put up 315 yards, five touchdowns, three of them going to Tyler Lockett, one going to DK and one going to Jacob Hollister, a really nice game by them. And I just want to say, uh, sorry, or, or just send my condolences to Chris Carson because he really looked good this season and he struggled with some injuries and then an absolute, fucking moron on the Cowboys 
takes his ankle and does a barrel roll with it. He gets an ankle sprain. He'll be out. I think the, the diagnosis is only one to two weeks, so I'm excited for him to come back. But what a dirty-ass play. Uh, just because of that, the Cowboys deserve to lose, and that's exactly what they did. Yeah, uh, that was Tristan Hill, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, he you should expect to get a fine. But yeah, Chris Carson will be okay. I read he might even play this week. Um, he he should, sounds like he'll be practicing limited and then maybe full-time by the end of the week. But uh, he should be playing this week or possibly could be playing this week. We'll for sure be back the following week. So that's good to hear. And last, uh, you know, on the whole let Russ Cook thing, Russell Wilson has now set the record for most touchdown passes through the first three weeks in NFL history. I don't remember what the previous record was, but he's at 13, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but uh, he has done the definition of cooking. He's been fantastic. And like, there's nobody else, even with you know a guy like Josh Allen playing well so far this year, um, like, nobody else even comes close to sniffing Russell Wilson as MVP right now. I agree with that as well. Uh, All right, Chase, let's move on to your Detroit Lions as they pick up their first victory over the Arizona Cardinals, something you and I didn't really see coming. Uh, However, Kyler Murray looked pretty rough in this game, turning the ball over three times, and that Lions offense looked pretty good again as Matthew Stafford, 270 for two touchdowns. Adrian Peterson led the run game with 75 yards, and Kenny Galladay, he comes back first game of the year, 57 yards and a touchdown. My fantasy team loves to see that. Yeah, dude, I'm so pumped. The Lions finally get their first win of the year. Uh, I discounted them so heavily coming into this game. The Cardinals have looked so good thus far. The Lions have looked so trash thus far, you know, blowing leads, looking like garbage. But they finally get a win. Uh, I'm definitely a happy fella. Uh, You know, sucks having Kyler in my fantasy lineup. He did a whole lot of nothing for me, just kind of let down. Had to lose to Graham, which is absolute yuck. I'm pretty disappointed by that. But I'm happy that the Lions end up getting a win. Uh, still not a team I expect to do much. I uh, don't expect them to be a playoff team. I'm hoping they can get some wins. But at this point, I still, um, you know, I'm, I'm on that Matt Patricia fire train. Whether that's during the season or end of the season, I don't know. But I, I don't know. We just got to be on the watch for these Lions. Yeah, for sure. Chase, um, overall, what are your thoughts on the Lions going forward? Obviously, they take this one against a very good Cardinals team. Um, Obviously, those three interceptions have to play a part in that. Uh, But what are your expectations going forward? You got the Saints next week, which even though they're not a great offense, Drew Brees doesn't look like the old Drew Brees they're still a very good, well-rounded team. I think uh, some people may even say that they're a better, more well-rounded team than the Cardinals. Um, so what are your just overall thoughts on the Lions? Do you expect them, now that they get this win, to go back to those eight or nine wins you had them prior? Or do you expect them to be a little bit lower still? You know, seeing the way they played, I think they can be a team that gets quite a few wins. Um I do think they have a chance to beat the Saints because the Saints have not looked like the Saints of previous years. They look, you know, like they they really need to rely on their defense playing at their max level and Alvin Kamara kind of taking over. And if their defense even struggles or Alvin Kamara just kind of does average, then they're going to get shit on because Drew Brees can't really do it anymore. It's pretty obvious. You know, he had a 50, like a 50 plus yard touchdown pass, but he threw it maybe half of a yard to Kamara who did all the work and took it all the way down. So, you know, it shows up as that deep of a pass for him, but that's just not the truth. Uh, so I think this Lions team, they could beat the Saints. It's it's in the realm of possibility. Um, I'm not saying for sure it's going to happen. I got to do a little more thinking on it, a little more reading on it, uh, come to my decision. Probably, you know, I, we're going to make a decision here on the podcast, of course, but, like, 
it's just going to be a kind of spot decision going into the week. I'm going to do a little more reading, um, look at some more of the underlying numbers, but I am feeling a little better about the lions. Still got a temper expectations though. That's still the Detroit lions. All right. Sounds good. Let's now move on to our Sunday night game. This was between the Packers and the saints. Uh, I think the saints pretty played a pretty good overall game in last week's episode. I called out Evan Kamara. I, I thought he could have been a little bit better, just because Drew Brees, obviously we talked about it. He's shown some regression. I think if they want to be a top tier team, Alvin Kamara needed to play just a little bit better. He did exactly that this week, 139 yards through the air, two touchdowns added another 58 yards on the ground. He played absolutely spectacular, but the saints could not take down the two errands. Aaron Rodgers played absolutely great again. It really looks like he could be back in MVP type form. Obviously, Russ Wilson is still the number one guy, but Aaron Rodgers looking really good. Aaron Jones, he had a pretty nice game. And we did see the coming out party for a couple of younger receivers that the Green Bay Packers have been hoping could have their breakouts. Yeah, so I'm a little triggered, I'm going to be honest, because, you know, I I have Devontae Adams in your league and he was out. So it's like, all right, I got to go to MVS. He's kind of the guy who like he t- doesn't take the Devontae Adams role because nobody takes that role. But in terms of where he lines up in the field, that's who replaces him. And Marcus or Marquez Valdez scheduling had a catch for five yards while Alan Lazard absolutely shat on the Saints. Six receptions, 146 and a touchdown. Robert Tonian, he you know, looked solid at five receptions, 50 yards and a touchdown. Mercedes Lewis had a touchdown. Uh, Anything to get the ball to any tight end but Jay Sternberger, apparently. Even though he had three receptions for 36 yards, he still seems to be the hated stepchild in that room for whatever reason. I don't know, but Aaron Rodgers absolutely loves Alan Lazard. He talks this guy up all the time. He talks about, oh, he has a chip on his shoulder because of this, because of that, blah, blah, blah. Alan Lazard, uh, he, just because Aaron Rodgers loves him so much and targets him so much, might become a legit like NFL threat, NFL weapon, like one of the better receivers in the league at least in terms of volume and stats. It's crazy. Yeah, for sure. And I know that uh, our friend group is a majority of Lions fans. And so there's a lot of hatred going towards Green Bay. Uh, You and I are a little less biased there. We know that Green Bay is still a pretty solid team. Aaron Rodgers still a top 10 quarterback. However, I don't think we saw them being this good. They really look like a true contender right now. Aaron Rodgers playing at an MVP level. If they continue this... They could be making an NFC championship appearance yet again. That's how good they're looking. I fucking hope not, dude. (laughs) All right, Chase, let's now move on to the final game. Uh, This was tonight between the Chiefs and the Ravens. Uh, Obviously, Chase and I were pulling double duty watching this game, as well as the Stanley Cup finals between the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Dallas Stars. Um, But we did get to see quite a bit of this game. Ended 34 to 20. Uh, Ravens really could not get their offense going. They were really struggling. Um, the run game looked good at times, but when you go down and you got to pass the ball, they really couldn't do that in this game. They also had a lot of problems with penalties. And if you're going to be a penalized team, it's going to be tough to just control the clock and run the ball. If you're first and 20 year or, or second and 15, every fucking down. So, um, A nice game by the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes looked absolutely phenomenal. The Chiefs had a really nice rebound game off of a kind of a stinker last week against uh, the L.A. Chargers in overtime. Yeah, you know, Patrick Mahomes doing Patrick Mahomes things. uh, 31-42, 385-4. That's a 
you know, ridiculous stat line. Um, you know, it was interesting seeing Clyde Edwards-Hilaire got 20 catch, or twenty touches, excuse me, while also getting five catches for 70 yards. Uh, he ended up having 134 total yards from scrimmage, didn't find the end zone. But, like, this like this kid is – we, we knew he was how heavily he was going to be used, uh, he being a first-round pick running back. But you can tell Patrick Mahomes, he was uh, clamoring for the Chiefs to take him, and he absolutely loves this kid. Uh, they're they're going to be electric going forward for at least the next few years. It's going to be a ton of fun to watch. But moving over to the Ravens real quick, Lamar, dude, he just he cannot get it figured out. 97 total passing yards, only one touchdown. Like, that passing game was just struggling. You know, I I was watching Tampa more heavily, so I didn't see everything. But when I ever, pretty much whenever I looked over uh, to the game, it seemed like the Ravens had the ball. Uh, it was Lamar either running it or it was him overthrowing receivers, or it was, I remember early in the game, Marquise Brown had a ball thrown right in between his hands, and he just didn't catch it somehow. I don't know how you don't catch that. So everything just kind of went wrong in the passing game for the Ravens. I expect them to rebound. They're a really good team. They're obviously Super Bowl contenders, Super Bowl favorites, so they shouldn't be too concerned going forward. Absolutely. Chase, you mentioned some drops. Marquise Brown had the one, and then Mark Andrews had one of the more poor drops uh, wide open in the end zone, or at least he beat his man in the end zone. He goes for a diving catch because it was a little overthrown, and it's a catch he makes nine out of the ten times, and this was that one time that he dropped it. So a touchdown could have been had for the Baltimore Ravens, but like you said, nothing was really going right for the Ravens when it came to the passing game. So that's it for our week three recap. Chase, we will now recap our results uh, and our predictions. So like I said, we tied again. We both went 10 and six. Uh, The difference is I had Pittsburgh and. Oh, what the frick? I had. um, I had. uh, I don't know why I put Philly as the winner. Anyways, um. So both you and I lost that one. So Chase would have actually taken this week. Um, he had, he went 10 and six. I went nine and five because I got the Philly one wrong as well. Um, so our differences, nine, not nine and seven, nine and seven. Nine, nine. Yeah. So our differences, uh, I had Pittsburgh over Houston. That uh, was correct. The L.A. Rams and the Atlanta Falcons, I took them. Where Chase took Buffalo and Chicago, he prevailed there. I took Tampa Bay over Denver. I prevailed there. And then he took Kansas City over Baltimore. So Chase takes a one-game lead because Philly and Cincy are fucking losers and like to tie. And uh, yeah, so Chase now one game up for our predictions. And we're going to go through our week four predictions right now. So All right, Chase. Especially for this Um, third game. I'm so pumped. It's going to be so good. Yeah, this... This Thursday game looks absolutely electric. Uh, no reason anyone should be uh, not tuning into this one because you have the Denver Broncos at the New York Jets. Absolutely Woo-hoo. electric. Who you got? Um, pass. <laughs> no, that, that's a that's a good answer, but uh, it. You know what? I'll give you a pass. And then if you get if pass doesn't win, then you get it wrong. So I'll write no, down no, pass no, here. No, no, oh. no, <coughs> no. <clears throat> I'm going to go with the Jets, I guess. Um, I might as well just go with the home team in this game. The Broncos, I, I picked them last week just because they were at home. I knew they were going to struggle, like, but I thought maybe just because they're at home, they altitude such a big difference. Maybe they'll have a slight chance. 
but they're going to have no chance going to the field that's killing all these players. Uh, the Jets are a snooze fest. The Broncos are a snooze fest. This game might be a nice, like, 7-3 to three, uh, in favor of the Jets. Yeah, I'm not very excited for it. However, of course, we're going to watch because it's NFL football. I mean, it's the best it can well, yeah. get. And now hockey's but, uh, all done, too, so I'll be watching every second of NFL football, regardless, no matter what, with all my attention. Yeah, exactly. And my Celtics are out of the NBA playoffs, so who cares about that anymore? Uh, honestly, uh, go Heat because the Lakers suck. But, uh, yeah, let's move on to the next game, Chase. Baltimore versus Washington. Does Baltimore get their rebound here against the Washington football team? Or does that defensive line look too good? No, the, the Ravens are going to win this game. They're too much uh, for this Washington team. Dwayne Haskins looks fucking terrible. I was not a big Dwayne Haskins guy. Had a feeling things, if they went south, there would be a lot on him. Um, so he looks terrible. Who knows if Chase Young's even going to play. You know, he was out last game. I haven't heard any updates since then. Um, so especially if he doesn't play, that changes things up because even as a rookie, he is a really dynamic player. This Reds, or football team, excuse me, this football team team is going to be a very ugly team to watch going uh, forward the rest of the season. I expect this to be a pretty big Ravens win. Yeah, I agree. I took Baltimore as well. I don't think I gave my winner for the first game. Uh, I took Denver in that one. So we now move on to Pittsburgh at Tennessee. Your thoughts on who takes this one? So this one, it it could be slightly interesting. Um, It might be a little more defensive, a little slower pace, but it could still be some um, interesting plays. I'm going to go with the Titans in this. Uh, I think Derrick Henry will be the running back that breaks that top 14. So the Steelers have a lot of top 14 running back in terms of fantasy in the last 19 games, I think it is now. I think Derrick Henry's the guy who's going to change that. I think he'll be an RB1 in fantasy uh, this week. The Steelers are going to struggle because of it. They're not going to get much done offensively, I don't think. I think they're going to do okay, but not enough to overcome this Titans team. And, yeah, Titans win. For fantasy's sakes, I sure hope you are correct. Uh, I did take the Titans as well in this one. I think uh, Ryan Tannehill has looked pretty good. And, honestly, the Steelers, although they're 3-0, and it's kind of been... They've kind of been sneaking or squeaking out victories because I haven't been super impressed by them. But moving on, let's look at the L.A. Chargers at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You got the 42-year-old legend, or maybe he's 43 now, I don't know, Tom Brady versus the Rook, uh, I think. Or maybe maybe Tyrod's back. I we don't know his, his punctured lung situation right now. So uh, it, it'll either be the rookie versus the GOAT, great storyline, or Tyrod versus the GOAT, a little bit less appealing. Either way, they're not going to have a chance in this game. It's going to be the Bucks. Uh, Bucks by a pretty good margin. This Chargers team does not look good. Uh, you know, when you look at Tyrod as going in at QB, he's not good for any of his receivers because he's just a guy who manages the game, doesn't even do it at a high level. Whereas Herbert, you know, he's a little more dynamic. He can get more done, but he is a guy who, coming out of college, his inconsistency was pretty known. His uh, he, he can be a little wild on his throws, and he's got to figure that out. So, especially at the NFL level, he's got to figure it out more. Uh, you saw that in the last game. So, who, regardless who starts, there, I feel like they're both going to struggle, and the Bucks are going to take this one handily. Yeah, I took Tampa Bay in this one as well. Uh, next, Seattle versus Miami. I I already marked you down for Seattle. I want to take Miami. No. Okay. God, no. Okay. I'm yeah, changing. No. No, no, no. I'm changing. I'm no. Changing. No. No. It Seattle's gonna win this by a lot. Yeah. 
All right, that's that's simple enough. Uh, Minnesota versus Houston next. Uh, both teams starting off 0-3. Uh, Houston has had a really tough schedule. Minnesota not as tough, but it just seems like they couldn't really get their feet under them. Uh, which team is going to get their first victory this week? You know, I was about to say the Texans, but then I thought about it. and it, It's going to be the Vikings because the Texans have Bill O'Brien as their head coach, and that guy is a joke, and he's the worst. Delvin Cook is going to have a hell of a game running the ball. Kirk Cousins is going to bounce back, not have like a monster game, but he's going to bounce back for Kirk Cousins. He'll he'll be a solid enough guy to help his team win. The defense is going to play with a little more pride, and this Texans team is going to continue to struggle, which disappoints me because I'm a huge D. Watts guy, and I really want to see him succeed. Yeah, this one was tough for me. I think it's pretty close. Um, I originally thought Minnesota, but I eventually landed on Houston. I think Deshaun Watson's the better quarterback. I know more goes into it than just the quarterback, but when a game's close, I'm just going to go with the quarterback. So that's why I take Deshaun Watson and the Houston Texans here. Next up, Chase, the New Orleans Saints versus the Detroit Lions. Your thoughts on who's taking this one? I'm going to go with the Saints. Um... I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's going to be an entertaining game. Maybe the more entertaining game, the most entertaining game the Lions have played so far. Like I enjoyed very much against the Cardinals, uh, seeing the defense play as well as they did, getting those interceptions. But I think this game should actually be not like a shootout, but it'll be a, a higher scoring game. I think tomorrow's going to have a huge game for the Saints. Meanwhile, we're going to see Matt Stafford really put the team on his back for the Lions and sling the ball. I think it'll be entertaining. But yeah, I, I just got to go Saints in this one. Yep. Agree with you on that one. Uh, I, I I don't know. I, even though the the Lions won, I, I still don't have a ton of faith of that faith in them yet. Which I mean, coming from a Lions fan, that's got to be understandable. Oh yeah, for sure. All right, next up, Cleveland versus Dallas. Two pretty good offenses. One goes through the ground. The other seems to be going through the air more recently. Uh, but who are you taking in this one? I think I'm gonna go with the Cowboys in this one. It's very close. Um, it's, you know, usually you, you want to go like, like how you mentioned, um, like for the Texans Vikings, you're gonna go with the quarterback when it's that close. If you go with the quarterback in this game, I think they're both pretty icky, but Dak is maybe slightly better than Baker. Um, even though I think he's a bottom half QB regardless, but the Cowboys, they should have a little more weapons on offense while still having a nice defense. Um, it should be an entertaining game. I think we're going to see a lot of great fantasy producers in this game. Um, but yeah, give me the Cowboys. Yeah, I like this game. I'm going to be very uh, interested to see how it plays out. I went Cleveland in this one. I think Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb are just absolutely amazing. And I think that they're going to be able to do a lot of damage to this Dallas uh, front seven. So we'll see what happens. Another difference. And that's good because uh, we like differences here. Next up, Cincinnati versus versus Jacksonville. This is in Paul Brown Stadium in Cincinnati. Who are you taking? Mike, I'm officially out on your Bengals. They suck. They're trash. Zach Taylor's the worst. Um, I'm going with the Jags. Just, I, I really want to, you know, I'm kind of hoping this reverse psychology because I do want the Bengals to win because uh, I like Joe Burrow a lot. But my heart and gut just tells me the Jags, this team, they, they've, you know, not that like Gardner Minshew is some great, elaborate superstar quarterback, but he's got a little more experience under his belt than compared to Burrow, who, even though he is the clearly better quarterback, you know, it makes a little bit of a difference. Uh, James Robinson keeps looking good. Hopefully he can keep that going. If DJ Chark's in, that's going to open up things a little more for the Jags as well. Um, I, I don't know what his status is going forward into this week, but yeah, if he's in, that'll open up things. And I, I don't know. It, it should be, 
a closer game. Um, I don't think it's going to be an extremely entertaining closer game, but there's still a lot of guys I want to watch. Thank the Lord you are off of my Bengals because you picked them the first three weeks and they lost every single. Nope, not they didn't tie. They lost every, every week that you picked them. So uh, thank gosh you're off of them. I'm taking the Bengals in this one. They're three point favorites. I think Joe Burrow is just so far superior than Gardner Minshew. I think Mixon's better than Robinson, even though he hasn't shown it yet. uh, I think that they're going to be able to this week because I don't like the Jags defense. And I think if there's a game where the offensive line can look somewhat decent, it's going to be against the Jags. So give me the Bengals in this one. They get their first win on the board uh, and the Jags will drop to one and three. Moving on, Indianapolis at Chicago. Uh, Does Chicago get their first loss? That's so weird to say because Chicago's terrible, but they don't have a loss yet. No, I can't pick against them. As much as I want to pick against them, I, I can't because they just, they're just they finding ways to get it done. And if, when you're finding ways to get it done like that, when you're playing at your worst, if you're playing average or to your best, you're going to clearly be better. So they're going to find a way to get it done. Um, it's not going to be, I don't think it's going to be an entertaining game. I'm hoping that Jonathan Taylor can at least do something for me since you know I got a pretty big stake of him. But yeah, I, I got to go with the Bears in this. I hate to say it, but I'm going to agree. I took the Bears over the Colts as well. I think the Colts have looked better. Moelle Cox getting a lot of work. A uh, little surprised that Jack Doyle isn't getting the work, and it's kind of hurting my fantasy team. However, he's not my starter. I got George Kittle, so hopefully Kittle's back. Uh, but, yeah, Moelle Cox getting more of the workload than Jack Doyle. A little surprising. But the Colts are starting to round out their game a little bit more. Um But, yeah, I don't know. The Bears are going to take this one in my mind as well. Arizona Cardinals, Carolina Panthers. You got the second-year coach versus the first-year coach. Offensive mind versus defensive mind. Who you got? I got to go Cardinals. They're going to bounce back in a big way. Kyler's going to bounce back in a big way. Uh, He'll go back to being what he was in the first two weeks, looking more dominant. Um, They should have Christian Kirk back in this game, so it's going to help things too. I'm sure uh, Cliff Kingsbury is going to sit down with Kyler as well. Uh, he had DeAndre Hopkins open on some plays, and he chose to look other options, which resulted in incompletions or interceptions. So they're going to sit down. They're going to figure out, hey, dude, you threw the ball to D-Hops this many times in, in week one, you know, the hundreds of times that it felt like, and it worked. Let's just let's keep the working formula going. So they're, they're going to round out their offense. They're going to figure it out, put it back together, and beat the Panthers. Yep, I agree there. Arizona taking this one because I just feel like Kyler is not going to have two bad games in a row. So we'll see how that works. L.A. Rams, New York Giants. Uh, I think I think this is another pretty obvious one, like the Seattle-Miami game. Yeah, it's the Rams. Uh, it sucks. You know, I wanted to root for the Giants this year, but I... I, just, I can still root for them, still hope they do good because I still have some of their options in fantasy. But, like, it... They're out for the year. They're they're done chained. Yep, I agree with you there. L.A. Rams for me as well. Uh, Chase, Buffalo, Las Vegas. Buffalo has looked very good, uh, except for that fourth quarter. Um, Vegas, they have looked really good as well. However, they're only 2-1. and one. Thoughts on this game? I think this game could be sneaky entertaining. Um, you know, if the Raiders can get anything done offensively, 
that's going to make it really entertaining because I think the Bills offense is going to have a great day. Um, I, I'm going to go with the Bills in this one. It, it'll be a semi-closer game compared to some of the other ones. Not as close as some of the other ones, though, as well. Um, but this is a game that I do look forward to watching. There's only three games in this 425 time slot. Um, and while the other game that we haven't mentioned yet might be the more interesting game on paper, I feel like I might be more interested in this one. Yeah, I took the Bills as well. However, I'm going to be rooting for the Raiders. Uh, I like the Raiders a lot. They've shown a lot of promise. And, of course, I got Josh Jacobs in fantasy, too. So uh, going to be supporting him. But I got to go the Bills overall. Uh, that game you were just alluding to, Chase, Kansas City versus New England. This is in Kansas City. Uh, Patrick Mahomes versus Cam Newton. It's going to be a good matchup. It is. And I'm actually going to go with the Patriots in this one. So Cam, he struggled a little more in this last week than the first two weeks. Um, I think he's going to bounce back. He's going to look better again. He's going to be someone that I think the Chiefs are going to kind of struggle stopping. Uh, he's going to run the ball. He's going to do this kind of like, not necessarily trick plays, but kind of guess plays where you don't know if he's going to run or throw. He's going to succeed. It's going to be a hell of a game. It's going to be uh, probably the most entertaining game of the week, in my opinion, um, even though I think the Bills Raiders could also do a similar type of thing. But yeah, I'm going to go with Patriots. That's very interesting. I I was, you know, kind of teeter, teetering on this one. Uh, however, I had to give it to Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. They look too good tonight for me to pick against them. So uh, going to the Chiefs over the Patriots. And honestly, uh, we're going to talk about the Monday night and the Sunday night game here next. But I kind of wish Buffalo Las Vegas was flexed to the Sunday night and the Monday night game was between the Patriots and the Chiefs because I think these are going to be both very one-sided games. Uh, let's talk about the Sunday night game first. San Francisco versus Philadelphia. Uh, San Francisco has a lot of injuries, but Philadelphia has been absolute shit. Dude, Carson Wentz looks so bad. I just, I don't understand what's going wrong. He looks horrible. I don't, I can't imagine that changing anytime soon because he hasn't really showed you much to warrant that change. So I got to go with the Niners in this one. I, I don't know how I could rationally pick the Eagles. Yep, 100% agree with that. And then finally, Green Bay versus Atlanta. If anyone picks Atlanta, I swear to God, you are going to get bit in the ass once again. Don't even try to pick them, honestly. Even if you're an Atlanta fan, like pick Green Bay. It, it should When they do the uh, Monday night picks and they show the, uh, like the fans pick, it should be 100% Green Bay, at least in my mind. I mean, it's not going to be. It's never how that works. But yeah, it definitely should be. Um I'm rooting so badly for the Falcons to win this game. I hope I'm wrong. I got to go with the Packers, but I'm rooting so badly for the Falcons. Um, fudge the Packers because, you know, they're they're in the Lions division. I want them to be shit. I want everyone in the Lions division to be shit except for the Lions. And Falcons, I got a lot of their guys in fantasy, so I need this offense to get back to rolling since they just really didn't do it last game. Yeah, I I don't know. I, I will never pick for them again, even when they're versing the Panthers. I don't know if they verse the Giants or the football team or the Jags, but I'm going to pick those teams Bengals. as well. Uh, they don't play the Bengals. I know that. And the Bengals are too good for them. Um, <laughs> so, gosh, I I hope the Falcons go 0-16 after what they did to my predictions over the last two weeks. Fuck them. That would be, some, that would be something. If they go 0-16, Trevor Lawrence comes in, I would assume they would probably keep Matt Ryan as the QB and then give Trevor Lawrence a year to develop, which would kind of suck because I want Trevor Lawrence to start day one. But if they just pass on the reign from one like good QB to a great QB, oh, boy. Hey, what did I say like two weeks ago in our group chat? I said, you know who I think would be the perfect scheme fit for Trevor Lawrence? 
the Atlanta Falcons, but they won't have the first overall pick. You know what? Give it to them now. Give it to them. God, that, that would be icky. Like, that'd be cool, but it'd be icky. Absolutely. All right, Chase, I think we had three or four differences in that week's prediction. Uh, hopefully, one of us can either build our lead or, you know, I can take back the – well, not take back the lead, but I can take the lead for the first time and uh, I'll build my you know, lead. That's fine. Just, just run away with it. That would be cool. Um, but that's it for the episode. We want to thank you guys for coming out and giving us a listen. If you want to follow us on Twitter at WNP Sports Pod, you can do that. You'll stay up to date with all that we do. Uh, that's again at WNP Sports Pod on Twitter. You can also follow us in our other socials, Instagram, Facebook. I will link those in the description of both the YouTube video and the other podcast listening platforms. Uh, if you guys are on YouTube, please give us a like, a subscribe uh, a comment and make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications if you guys are listening elsewhere uh, whether that be apple music spotify or really any other podcast platforms you're listening to us on please rate us five stars we would really appreciate that uh i think that's gonna do it uh i don't think i'm forgetting anything uh oh make sure to go check out bolts broadcast as well uh our tampa bay lightning just won the cup so it's uh, it's it's pretty cool. So thanks so much for listening, guys. And as always, we're not professionals. 